0: Welcome to the Bridge in the Generation podcast. My name is Malak Arif, and today I have a very, very special guest. Now, my next guest is the founder and leader slash bassist of one of the greatest funk R&B groups of all time. Yes, these guys have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. They're known for hits such as Hollywood Swinging," Ladies Night, Summer Madness, Open Sesame, Jungle Boogie, uh, I mean, the list goes on. Um, We're talking about 10 number one hits, 30 top 10 singles, 70 charted singles, um, over 23 studio albums, 7.5 and 4.5 million records sold in the US. This is R-I-A certified, and over 70 million records sold worldwide. So with all that said, it's time to introduce the leader and founder of the legendary cool in the game mr robert cool dale let's go generation podcast i am your host malak arif and today you guys are witnessing epic this is this is of epic proportion this is one of my favorite artists of all time one of my favorite not groups but one of my favorite bands of all time we're talking about 75 million records sold we're talking about uh over 10 number one records we're talking about uh over uh, fifty charting records, and with no further ado, welcome to the Bridging the Generation Podcast, the one, the only Robert Cool Bell. How's it going, brother? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, locker? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm pretty sure I'm missing a couple of things, but we're going to tackle all that. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to keep you here all, all, all day, but we're going to get into all of that, okay? If, if we can. <laughs> so first of all i want to um you know a lot of times when i have guests come on the platform i gotta ask about you know how they've been maintaining during this entire pandemic i know you had a lot of stuff going on but before we even get into that how have you been maintaining during this uh pandemic
1: well we've been down here which we call otc uh, you know uh the old town condo and we've been doing a lot of uh uh social media stuff uh, a lot of uh, Zooming, and uh, it's been uh, keeping us going down here. Um, uh, I'm talking to different uh, uh, radio people who uh, normally uh, uh, wouldn't ask the question that they had. And I had one guy, he asked me, he said, listen, uh, we're going on. And he said to his listeners, if you want to hear Joanna <laughs> or get, or get down on it, tune off. You said, I'm going back to the 70s. Oh, that that's what if you're talking about. Preach brother, preach swinging <laughs> or uh, jungle buggy, jungle, buggy, jungle buggy. open sesame. You're right. It's said now we yeah.
0: talk. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love that era. I love, you know, one thing about uh, you guys, man, you guys are one of the most underrated but consistent artists in uh, R&B, soul, and 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 hell, I'll even say pop history. You guys were super consistent. So let's go back. Let's go back. I wanna, um, you know, I wanna first of all before we even get it started. A lot of people wanna know how did you get the name Cool? Like I always thought that was like the the, the greatest name for a lead uh, in any band, any group. So how did you come about getting that name, you know? Well,
1: well, Locke, we have to go back. Let me start. 1964, we call ourselves the uh, Jazzy Acts. And then the name was changed to the uh, Soul Town Band. Okay. And then we changed it to Cool and the Flames. And then we had to change it again to Cool and the Gang because you had James Brown, and the famous flames. No, no doubt. Yeah. So we didn't want to have any problems with the Godfather. <laughs> no uh, doubt, no doubt. My cool the name that I uh, came up with, I was born in Youngstown, Ohio. I came to Jersey City back in 1960 and we uh, got together with the uh, original members in 1964. Uh, the members that are still living is myself, George Brown, Dennis Thomas. Okay. Now I, I just I lost my brother about uh, about six months ago.
0: Uh Kalis, Ronald Khalice. Yeah, yes. Sorry to hear he was the keyboard player. Okay. Uh well, he played and Trumpet. He played he played everything, but he played everything. yeah, yeah. But we 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 so right used to it. seeing him on them keyboards. Yeah. Right <laughs>
1: and so uh we changed the name to Coolerity Gang. Okay. Coolie Gang, uh my name Cool came up from uh uh, in Jersey City, no and when I came to Jersey City, old country boy coming to Jersey City, I realized everybody <laughs> had a nickname, so I had to fill in. So it was this guy who called himself Cool, but he spelled it with a C. And I like that name, and I uh, picked
0: that name up, and I spelled it with a K, and that was that's how I got the name Cool. Okay, okay, now. Uh, like you said, originally from Youngstown, Ohio, because a lot of people associate associate you guys with New Jersey. So, talk about growing up in a uh, uh, you know your your early years in Youngstown, Ohio. You learning how to play the bass guitar and getting involved in music um, as as a whole.
1: Well, I didn't stay in Youngstown that long. We left for Youngstown in 1960. I was only uh, 10 years old, so. Okay. Most of our career, my career started in, uh, in, in Georgia city, okay. uh, Youngstown. Sound I, I, well, I, well, I can't say about Youngstown. I remember my brother and I, uh, we should take these paint cans and, uh, uh, depending on how much paint was left in the can, created the tones. So mm-hmm. we used to beat these cans on this, uh, Little hill called the Immaculate, which was okay. a school there, uh, playing bongos. Cause I played, I played bongos
0: for a minute, uh, for a minute. And, okay, uh, so they, you played, you played bongos before you played uh, the bass guitar. I
1: played pink
0: hands then bongos.
1: Oh, no <laughs> <laughs> okay. doubt. Um, uh, so, um, Robert Mickens brother played guitar, and Robert Mickens is one of the original members of the group Mm -hmm. and uh, his brother had this guitar and I learned how to play one song on one string (laughs) called Coming Home Baby. So we were working in a club in uh, New York Cafe One and my brother said, man won't you come up and play that one song that you know on one string. And I did that. And it was coming home, baby, and that was the beginning of me playing the bitch guitar.
0: Okay, okay. And see, a lot of people may not notice, but you guys were kids. You guys were pretty much kids when you guys started, like you said. Um, you know, uh, the first um incarnation of cool in the game, the jazzy ad Am I? I don't want to mispronounce that. The Jazzy,
1: axe. You got it.
0: J- okay. Okay. Jazzy. So Jazzy act, So. Talk about the, uh, the the vision early on, you know, those early years. Because again, when we think of Cooler the Game, we think of hardcore, funk, gritty soul. But again, you guys had a name like the Jazzy Acts. So what was some of your influ- uh, early influences uh, starting off? Well, um, me
1: as a bass player, I was into uh, uh, Ron Carter, uh, Reggie Workman of the jazz Ooh. group, legend, legend. and uh, my brother was into, of course, John Curry Fame. Of yes. course. Dennis was into Cannibal Adley. Spike was into Freddie Hubbard. Mm. George was into Philly Joe Jones. So this is the type of media that we were listening to. But then when we got involved with an organization called uh, the Soul Town Review. Now, the Soul Town review was trying to be like the Motown review. Okay. And we became the Soul Town band. Mm. So we uh, had to learn all these uh, Motown uh, songs because you had about uh, 10 artists that were singing Motown songs. And we became the uh, Soul, Soul Town okay. band. So it started, started from there. So now here's from the jazz thing. We had to learn, you know, uh, the Motown thing. Uh, mm. uh, that time I listened to Jameson because he was playing all those.
0: Uh, James Jameson. James. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Jameson. So, and, and, and it, it developed from there and then went on to when we became cool in the game. Okay. And, uh, okay. We cool in the Flames. We had James Brown and the famous Flames. And our manager at that time, Gene Red, said, listen, uh, you can't use James Brown. I mean, you can't use cool uh, uh, cooling the flames, mm. and we didn't want to have any problems. Not with the Godfather. So we said, "Okay, we're, we're changing the cooling game." Yeah. And our first record came out July third, nineteen sixty-nine, mm. and July third, twenty twenty-one, is another anniversary.
0: This this Saturday. That's right. Saturday. Now, now, was that the uh, your first single? Because I know you guys that the first single was um the cool cool in the game, the self title right. cut.
1: Right, right.
0: Okay. Which was off the site, the self title, the album. You got it. So, so, so okay. let's let, let's let's go back a little bit because we skipped over some things that I think the fans should know about. And this one particular um thing that I read, I I would be, you know, I I, I cannot uh skip over this. I have to bring this up. And I once read that uh you lived in the same building as Thelonious Monk. And you know during that time he you know he also was frequented by Miles Davis. So talk about that experience.
1: You're talking about my father. My father uh lived in the building with Thelonious Monk. My father's name was uh Bobby Bell. He okay. was uh top ten Featherweight slash lightweight boxing, mm. and uh, where he was living, you had to his monk, and also uh, Miles Davis. And Miles Davis wanted to be a boxer.
0: Yeah, I know he so, was a huge boxer fan.
1: Yeah, uh, he he wanted to spar with my father, and my father said, "Listen, Miles, I don't really want to spar with you if I hit you and your lip the wrong way." That might mess up your career. <laughs> right. But Miles wanted to be Miles. Right. And then in that same area, over on 164th Street, and uh, I think it was, uh, a the Avenue area, um, was um, uh, the building that Deloitte's Monk. So my father boxed a lot. When he was um, uh, boxing down in Cuba, uh, he had asked, when I was born, he had asked uh, Deloitte's Monk. He liked to be the godfather of my son. Wow. At that time, I was going to be a bass player. He probably wanted me to be a boxer, man. Yeah, and that's what that—that's the whole story about Miles
0: Davis and Delonius Monk. So, what you're telling us is Miles Davis is your godfather?
1: No, Delonius Monk.
0: I mean, Del- I'm—I'm stand corrected. Delonius Monk is your godfather. Wow, wow. So you pretty much had a relationship, you know, pretty much, you know, until his, you know, his, his passing.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Do it uh, through my father, you know.
0: That's, like, that's awesome. He, that's awesome.
1: He was fighting a lot of Cuban fights. Back before the sanctions of Cuba, you know, uh, Dizzy, Galepsy, all those guys used to go to Havana, to Cuba. Okay. And play. And my father used to box. It's almost like the guys that followed Mike Tyson. The different artists today uh, was into Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Muhammad Ali etc. Okay. So that that's how that all came about.
0: That make a lot of sense. That make that make a lot of sense. So look, let's fast forward. So here we are, you know, you guys uh put out your first record, 1969, like you said, July the third. And yeah. but what led to you guys signing with Delight Records? You know, what was your you know, what would you say was that pivotal moment where you guys feel like, man, we're we're ready to take this thing to the next level.
1: Well, we met a guy by the name of Gene Red, and he okay. became our first man. Again, Gene Red's father was working with James Brown. Gene Red had a production company called Red Coach Records, Okay. and he um, he had some contact with um, Delight Records because my first record was on Red Coach, and then it was slipped to Delight Records because he made a production deal. Mm. That's how we ended up on Delight Records.
0: Okay. So at, at this time you didn't have this plethora of bands that, you know, which came later like Earth Winify and the Osley Brothers. So, you know, what was the uh what was the competition like in those early years? You know, um those those early records touring and things of that nature. what, what was it like, you know?
1: Well, we were kind of doing our thing. I mean, we was more uh, an instrumental band. Uh, although uh, on our first album, we did cover a couple. Of, uh, well, one song called "Since I Lost My Baby." Temptations. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Temptations. And uh, but we we went on doing doing our thing. I mean, we had like Cee-Twine, Coolie, Breeze and Soul, more instrumental at the time. And then we went into the Good Times album and. We had more songs like a Funky Granny, Funky Man.
0: Now I gotta ask a question. Now, yeah. was the Funky Granny, was that a response to Ohio players, the Funky Worm?
1: We did Funky Granny
0: first. Then they came out with the Funky Worm. Cause I know they came out the same year, but I just never knew which one came out first. I think we came out first. Okay, okay, cause I, I see both of them came out in 1971. Yeah. but I don't know which one came. Okay. All right. That's, that's, Hey, I, I just learned something. Yeah, absolutely. So, so look, you know, during those, um, those, those early years, you guys put out some really, some really solid albums. That first cool in the gang project, you know, which had cool in the gang, uh, cools back. I love that. That's a, I love that one. The rappers went through okay. that. We're wow. I mean, we going to get into all of that, but you, you know, you had a uh, live the sex machine, uh, You know, live at the PJs. Music is the message. And a lot of great songs came from this period. But it seemed as you guys just could not cross over at that at that time. So was it ever any pressure from the labels as far as like you guys, you know, the direction that they wanted you to go or how were you um, how content were you guys as far as, you know, um, well, the, the product that you're releasing?
1: We did come up with some pressure from the, uh, the record label. Um, around mid-1974, 75, we had that big record out by Soul Makusa. The name of the song was Soul Macusa. Mm. Uh, uh, Mongo DeBango. Mongo DeBango, yes, sir. And then uh, uh, the record came, he, company came to us and said, listen, you guys have been doing some territorial hits and et cetera. He said, but uh, it's a big record out and the producer uh, wanna work with you. And uh, we like for you to work with this producer. I, I don't remember his name, you might. But uh, uh, so we met him once and we said, ah, no, we're not feeling him. So we went into the studio and, called Baggy Sound, uh, downtown uh, New York, Soho area. Okay. okay and we went in there around eight o'clock in the morning and we finished we had created jungle boogie Woo! let's Hollywood, talk about it how swinging let's talk about it
0: yeah and, and yeah. funky stuff
1: yeah <laughs> yes
0: yeah and, uh, I've, had, I've had this record for over 20 years
1: and needless to say no more problems from the record company mm. and um uh, that was a big turnaround
0: okay so top, top, so
1: top 10 record. i mean uh yourself was number one in r&b for about eight weeks yeah and then um uh jungle boogie and how swing was like top five
0: pop matter of fact all three of those songs were top five pop <laughs> <laughs> if, if i'm not mistaken
1: well Funky Stuff was more was stronger on the r&b side
0: but yeah but right. they it, all they all were, oh, yeah. were top. They were top songs on the oh, yeah, pop charts. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So, so now when those songs release, how were you? Were you guys how surprised were you guys? Because again, the songs that you guys you know when you got like you know I want to take you higher, um, let the music take. I love let the music take your mind. By the way, that's okay. a, that is a, that's a classic. But when you guys drop this, um. I want the fans to see this, because this is a personal favorite of mine. One more time, the legendary Wild and Peaceful album. Yes. When you guys dropped that, how surprised were you guys as far as the reception?
1: We were very surprised. I mean, like I said, we had uh, a lot of other like territorial hits. You know, like I mentioned, N.T., Funky Granny, Funky Man, Chocolate Brother Mel," Please and Soul. See of tranquility but when those three songs came out we were very surprised but at the same time we wanted to keep our integrity Now, what do you mean by that was wow and peaceful a nine minute everybody got a chance to take a solo
0: let's talk about that let's that is my favorite cool in the game song of all time one of the most soulful jazzy songs that you guys ever released. it's the last song on this particular album and talk me talk walk me through this particular song like how did this song come come about because I, I go to i go to sleep to this song at least once a week well well the concept wow and peaceful
1: we went back to our jazz roots the jazzy act yeah, and we came up with this song. As you know, it has that sort of African vibe to it. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, we have flute solos and there, trumpet. Everybody got a chance to be take a solo on that. Yeah, and um, that was a that was a good thing for us because we was able to keep the funk alive.
0: But no we also kept the jazz alive. Mm, I, lo- I love that. I love that. So. As far as like you know, what was the formula you know in those early years uh, with with cool and the game? Because um, you know, you guys were pretty much a, a self-contained unit at this point. Yes. So, so how did a lot of these uh, these legendary songs uh, come into play? Um, in particular, I have to ask about uh, Jungle Boogie and Hollywood Swing. how did you? What was the you know how how did those songs those two songs come about?
1: Well, Jungle Boogie, uh, of course, you know my brother. I uh, wrote a lot of the horn parts back during that time, and uh, he wanted to do something that uh, had uh, uh, those certain riffs in it, almost a little bit like uh, the barcade, you know. Ramp, ramp, da da dum, da Jungle boogie, okay. You <laughs> know, uh, and he used to talk about that. He said, "Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was a little influence there from uh, the barcades. But um, and then Hollywood Swingin', shoot, we always wanted to get to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so we wrote a song about it, uh-huh. and it became uh, a very big record for us. Hollywood, yeah, Swing. yeah. In yeah. fact, if you know Frankie Crocker, used to call Frankie Crocker the Hollywood Rocker, and legendary he, New York DJ. He broke that song in New York. Hollywood Swingin'.
0: Wow! Wow! So, what was the first time you guys performed on national television? Because if we go back and look at you guys, you know, on YouTube, I can see you guys performing on Midnight Special, Soul Train. I mean, you guys, you guys were, you know, at the at the the, the top of the of the game at that time, and and stood that stood there for for a while, but so so. Take me back, take me back to those 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 early 70s, those mid 70s. You remember the first time you guys performed live on television? I don't remember the first time. I mean, you're talking about
1: uh Soul Train and uh American Bandstand. Uh, there was one show I'm trying, I'm trying to think the name of it. Uh, we I think that was the first one because they had Earth Wind Fires on there and we were on there. Okay. I, I can't remember the name of that, that particular one, but definitely a lot of Soul Train. And uh
0: American Man What what was it like when you guys got, got a chance to, you know, uh get that first big that, that that first uh those first hit records and then you got a chance to go back to Jersey City. What was what, what was that feeling like?
1: We made it. <laughs> <laughs> how did you how did you, how did your life was how did a good your lives change? <laughs> that, that was a good feeling. But my very first record, of course, with uh, cool in the game. Yeah, at the Powell Theater, and it was this group called Willie Feaster and the Mighty Magnificent and Skip. I've never heard of them. Hey, brother. And, man, we was on a show with them, man, they blew us away. And they <laughs> were dancing and singing, and, and we was kind of still into the jazz thing. Yeah, And they ran us back. To Jersey City, <laughs> and that's when we said, "Oh man, it's about not only the songs; it's about show business, their performance." So we had to put together a show, yeah. And we finally got them back at a club called the Cheetah. Talk about it! And we came in, ooh, the horn section was twisting the horns, and we were moving and grooving, and we gave them a run for their money at the Cheetah. Back. Many years ago,
0: <laughs> yeah, man. You got you guys must really put it to them because I've never heard of them, yeah. Yeah, they were hot man in New York, so that was that was like a local band, like in, in that area,
1: yeah. But they also uh played on uh a lot of the tracks, they play on the
0: uh the tracks of the moments, uh, yeah. Oh, because they from uh Jersey too, I believe, yeah, they're. Manhattan's and. You know, all you guys from Jersey yeah, City.
1: I a lot of fact, you know, uh um lot, you know, uh, Sylvia Rohn and uh not Sylvia Ron. Uh, what's Sylvia's name? I can't think
0: of it. Um Sylvia Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. I just interviewed um the uh ah, Billy Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah, shout out to Billy Brown. He, he's uh, the, the lone yeah. uh uh surviving member of the moments. Yes, the moments. Yeah so so here we let's 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 move forward so here we go 1974 1974 you guys release another classic album Light of the Worlds Now before we even get started I'm not going to run through every single cuz one thing about artists like you guys you guys consistency was just amazing so I we will be here all day talking about every single album but I want to talk about certain particular albums that mean a lot to me so with that said let's talk about this light of the world's album and the lead single of that song was higher plane which went to number one so so let's talk about the 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 vision you know after wild and peaceful you got light of the world you got higher planes let's expound on that
1: well we we were we were were, uh, expanding so wild and peaceful to lighter of Worlds, uh, um, guitars. Uh, the late Charles Smith, uh, came up with the song Light of Worlds. But one of the key songs of Light
0: of Worlds was Summer Madness. And, and which was a B-side? of oh, Spirit of the Boogie. Which was the B. Now, before I ask how did Summer Madness come about? When you guys, when that song was re- like, why was that song the B side?
1: Well, um, Jungle Boogie, more of the funkier things, and we went to the Light of Worlds album, right. um, The record company, we felt good about the song, but um, we ended up putting it on the, on the B side of Spirit of the Boogie,
0: okay? Of the Boogie also was pretty strong for us. Oh, was, yeah, that, that, that went number one. I'm looking at it right here, that went number one. And that's what I'm talking about, man. You guys were were hitting on all cylinders.
1: A DJ in Chicago played the record, and then he flipped it to Summer Madness. Mm. And he asked the listeners, "Uh, who do you think this is? And they was calling in. They said uh, Herbie Hancock, uh, uh, a lot of other artists, and he said, "No, this is cool in the game." Wow! And uh, in Chicago, the stepping dance "Summer Madness" became one of the hot records. For everybody who was stepping back in the day before
0: R. Kelly. Right, right. Yeah. Now, what was what was the what influenced you guys to release "Summer Madness"? Because again, you know, when I listen to the um, when I listen to "Wild and Peaceful," it's very uh, funk heavy very funk oriented other than the last uh, the last song, which we just uh, we, we mentioned earlier I but, but exactly but this one this particular album seemed like you guys got a little into your jazz jazz fusion bag So who were some of the guys that was influenced you guys around that time or you know? How did he, how did a lot of these concepts come about?
1: Well at that time we were um... Well, like I said, you know, you had, uh, 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 let's see. Uh, it still happened. The Jazz Crusaders was still kind of happening uh, during that time. Uh, I'm trying to think of this other group. Uh,
0: Return to Forever. Because Jazz Fusion was at the height uh, at that time. It yeah. Was, it was really yeah. popular.
1: Yeah. Uh, who was this guy named uh, yeah, the one
0: about sitting in the park. Um uh, uh, Blackbirds, no, not the-, the Blackbirds. Okay, they they for me out of DC.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, the Blackbird was doing their thing, you know, and uh so we figured we'd throw out a
0: little bit of
1: uh, a little yeah. summer madness out there. And and it happened for us, you know. Now, now, uh, that- summer madness was never a single, it was the B side.
0: A lot of people don't know that.
1: Boogie. It was never released like as a release after single. But as you know, Summer Madness became very popular. It was in a Rocky movie. It made a lot of different soundtracks. Oh, oh,
0: yeah. The first, the first time I remember hearing it, of course, was um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I was getting ready to say that. Summertime. When, they, when they sampled it for Summertime. And how this did record. you guys feel? How did you guys feel when they gave that song, like, brand new life?
1: We felt very good about it. But he got a number one record. He got a platinum record. And he moved on to be a movie star. <laughs> I ain't mad at him. <laughs> but it was, a big, it was a great
0: record. It was a big record for us. Yeah, that, that, that's some of madness, man. I, um, I posted that earlier today on my uh my, my Instagram. And so many people uh hit me up and said, man, that is my favorite, not, not my favorite cool in the gang song they say that's my that's my favorite song. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a big record, man. a yeah. big record.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so look, so you know, here we are, the mid seventies. You guys release a uh, spirit of the boogie. You guys mm-hmm. did love understanding, which you know had more hits. Um, spirit of the boogie was um was in the movie uh, Saturday Night Fever, if I'm if I'm mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, right?
1: No, so no uh, spirit. Um uh, open sesame.
0: Oh, I'm. I'm I apologize. Open. open. I apologize. Open sesame. So, oh. how did you guys end up getting that song in Saturday? How does How does that um How does that normally work? Getting a song on the soundtrack. Uh,
1: well, the record company. Um, uh, I think it was at that time was Tommy Matola over there at Sony, and uh, I was working with the light writers, and um, they told us that we have a slot for a song for this movie smoothie, mm. uh, Saturday Night Fever. Now, we didn't know that that movie was going to become one of the uh, largest and biggest grossing of movies of all time. time. Michael Jackson came, Thriller. Yeah. But you know, of course, you had the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees had a lot of hits from that uh, soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. And you had "Casey in the Sunshine," man. "The
0: Open Sesame" uh, uh, was a uh, very strong in the movie. Not nah, it, it. I mean, that 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 album had a lot of great songs, but you know, like the Tramps, of course, the BGS, uh, MFSB. But I, I really feel like that song "Open Sesame" really stood out, even on even on that soundtrack. You know, yeah. You know, so um, so so that that end up you guys end up winning a um. Academy Award. I mean, not an Academy Award. End up winning a Grammy for yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, Yeah, the whole album. Um,
1: yeah, we won the Grammy.
0: The what, what? What was that like? You know,
1: that was, that, you... Was great. that was great. We had one other nomination for a Grammy uh,
0: right before that, but
1: um, that was the one. You know, over what uh, seventy million records. Or... Yeah. No, that was over twenty million records. Okay. We sold over seventy million records
0: over the years.
1: Oof
0: amazing amazing so here we are you know it's it's the uh the, the the late 70s but before i get into that one thing about you guys even though you guys had a lot of these great classic funky uh 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 jams uh you guys didn't really have like a lead singer so who was doing all the vocals who was like the primary vocalist like when i hear like jungle boogie and i that guy doing that you know making them sound who who was that to be exact. Well,
1: it was more of a group thing. You know, um, we we did a lot of um, songs together, a sing-along songs. Okay. Uh, the guy that you talking about, his name was Donald Boyce. He was, uh, uh, we called him the voice of the Boogie. Okay. Down. And then Ricky West, he uh,
0: did the vocals on uh,
1: Hollywood Swing.
0: Now, Ricky West is a keyboard player, right? Yeah, yeah, late, uh, uh, Ricky West, yeah. Okay, okay. So well, here what, we are. go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it wasn't until we're out on tour with the Jackson Five, and the promoter Dick Griffey said, "Hey, man, you guys are, you know, you're doing a great job out here on the tour." They said, uh, "I think you need a lead singer," and we said, "Oh." He said, "Yeah, I think you might. You need a lead singer." So we thought about it, Then we said, "Well, you know, the Lords you had Lionel Richie." Uh, Earth and Five, Philip Bailey, and Moody's White, said maybe it's time to make a change. And at that time they was bashing disco sucked, and they were burning records and albums in Chicago and all this kind of stuff. And I was uh, hanging out uh, in New York and uh, no, before that, JT was- uh, uh, Working with uh, the, the people that own the house of music, and we we didn't really look around for a whole lot of people. They recommended him. Right. We were doing the next album there. He came by, and my brother played some chord changes. Yeah. Yeah. Sing this, sing that, sing this, sing that, sing a little jazz, sing a little funk, and he got the job. Now let me go back to hanging out in New York. Uh, my wife and I was hanging out in New York, and we we noticed that. Uh, uh, Studio 54 regimes, their regimes. They uh, it was a ladies' night. I said, "Wow, that's a great idea." So I went back uh, to the guys. I said, "I got two things, or two concepts, for this new album." They said, "What?" I said, "Hanging out," because that's what I was doing. Right. And, and they had, and ladies' night. And my brother, oh, wow, ladies' night. that's it. And and Diodato was also the producer. Now,
0: now before, I got to stop you for a second. I got to stop you, uh, Mr. Bell. Yomir Diodato at that time was known for like jazz fusion. Yeah. You know, a lot of these classic jazz fusion albums. Mm -hmm. How in the heck did you guys end up linking with him? Because I could, that would, I would have, I would have never seen that coming. Like I said, if I was around back then, I would have never saw that coming. You know, him linking up because you guys were so funky, and not saying that he wasn't funky, but he was known for a lot of that 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 different type of um uh like I said, j- jazz fusion uh, uh type type music. So, um, how did that connection uh uh?
1: Well, it, it, it worked. It worked fine for us because. Uh, Deodato was producing his new record at the House of Music and was on New Jersey. Uh, JT, uh, knew the owners and he was trying to do some things over there at the same time. So, when um, he was asked to be a part of uh, our new project, Dollar De- said yes, and we said, Yeah, dollar.
0: And uh, oh, so you now, guys, so you guys did not seek out, him. you guys did not uh. Seek out him. He he seeked out you guys.
1: Everything happened in the house.
0: Mm. You know some music,
1: and so we said Diodalo, because of our jazz background. Oh yeah, that'll be great. So when Diodalo became a part of the project, you know, uh, we felt that we were gonna be, uh, we could be a little bit more jazzy because of Diotalo. He flipped the script. <laughs> He said, Listen, man, you have a lead singer. Yeah. So you have to work around the lead singer. Cause we were used to this playing through the whole track. And Diodalo kind of like said, Hey, you gotta make room for the lead singer. Mm. And he was right. So like on Ladies Night, you heard still heard cool in the gang, but you know, bits and pieces. Celebration, he brought in the orchestra celebration. And my brother, one of the key writers for that, loved that. Yeah, it is. Right here. Yeah. And uh, so when they was mixing the album, after we bought in uh, 30 piece uh, string section, horn string section, okay. uh, uh, my brother was, was, was uh, waiting to hear all them strings and you know that sort of uh, jazz influence, yeah. And when he went in the studio, he heard this guitar. He said, "What happened to the rest of the song?" So Theodore yeah, said, and uh, the head of the record company said, "This is the song. The guitar <laughs> going into the
0: rest of the music." Mm-hmm. So my brother was so pissed off. <laughs> Now, yeah. you, you and your brother, like a year, a year difference between you guys, right? Yeah. It's like a year apart. Oh, yeah, yeah, because
1: we had to keep them out of steel. <laughs> and uh, they said, man, this this, this is the hit. Now, if you love the strings, uh, I'll record the string for you, and you can take it
0: home and listen to it. Because <laughs> you guys did Because <laughs> prior... <laughs> prior to that, you guys didn't use strings on your records.
1: We did a little bit, but not that much.
0: What, 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 what records did you guys what, what records did
1: you use strings uh there was like uh uh on uh um what was that we did an album called um uh dance i'm trying to take of the time we had
0: strings all through that mm. um i can't
1: take it so oh the late,
0: like one of those albums from the late the late 70s yeah
1: yeah we had strings in there uh, uh okay it was a big, oh, big I remember,
0: I think I yeah. As, as much of a fan of uh, uh, of you guys that I am, I'm going to be honest, I don't really remember you use, you guys using strings until uh, Diodato came. But again, hey.
1: Oh, we did it right before that because we were trying to deal with the whole dance
0: thing. Yeah.
1: Everybody's dancing.
0: That's Everybody. What? Oh, 1978. Everybody's dancing. Yeah, that, that, I thought that was a yeah. really solid yeah. album. Yeah. I thought that was a really, uh, you know, I, I don't know why the record label, I don't know they they. I don't feel like they promoted that like they did. So I, I like I like that project that's a sleeper album right there
1: yeah but we had last streams. Yeah.
0: yeah okay okay so um now you guys JT enters the fray in 1979 now when when um when he was introduced to you guys was there ever like any pushback like hey man I don't I don't know if this is gonna work like we already got a formula Look at our track record. We we we've been doing pretty good without a lead singer. So was there ever any like any pushback, any friction? Um, you know, initially.
1: I uh, know because uh, the fact that we wanted to try it out. You know, um, as a suggestion from Mister Griffey, uh, we said, "Okay, let's try to make this thing work." So it was no pushback. It was like, "Okay, this is different. We got somebody that's doing lead now." Let's try to work it out. Okay. Well, Viadala was definitely and uh, Jim Bonifon, who was the engineer at that time. We tried to uh, work together to make it happen, and that okay. first album, Ladies Night album, was huge. Was platinum.
0: Hey, hey, we, we and, I, and I would be remiss not to bring up two of my other favorite songs on that album, and those two songs is Too Hot and Jones versus Jones. So. Before we talk about too hot, how did Jones versus Jones come about?
1: Well, same writer, George Brown. George Brown wrote too hot. Okay. And uh, you know, the story. 17, high school sweet, sweethearts. High school sweethearts. Love was no bad. News. <laughs> got a little rough. And they got into worse. Now comes the lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of now you got Jones,
0: yeah, Jones. Wow! So now that I think about it, it's safe to say that that album is a concept album.
1: Yeah, pretty much so. Uh, you know, got the song uh, Jones versus Jones, and yeah. I think Jones versus Jones is on the next album. Uh, oh, after f- "Not Too Hot" was on.
0: Yeah, matter of fact, you're right. It's on. We, the album
1: we, had, we had to do the follow up.
0: That's on Ooh, yeah, you're right. That's on uh celebration.
1: Uh, I think that was on a, something special. Jones. take me way
0: back. No, 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 here we go. Celebration. Jones versus Jones. Oh, no, celebration. Okay. Yeah, it's the second song on uh on celebration. I don't know why I, because that that particular song, it sounds like, in my opinion, it sounds like it would have went really well on that first album, that vibe that I get on, uh, you know, from that particular yeah. song. So I, again, I stand corrected. Right. You guys, you guys got so, you guys got so much great music was right after Ladies Night was too hot. Then Jones versus Jones. Yeah, so they was, they was released yeah. very, cl- very close. Uh, yeah, the yeah, less than a year apart. So, so here we go. Nineteen eighty, uh, celebration. We like I said, you, you, you told how to, you you, you told us how celebration come about. But how did you guys feel about that song being? like used during a lot of sporting events um if i'm not mistaken was it used for, like for like super bowls nba championships you know what what was that feeling like you know oh, having its
1: own views we felt very good about that super bowl championship soccer game uh missus you know, even when the horses came back from iran they played celebration i forgot about the that i uh, played on the uh on the space station wow on well, the afternoon got one more and they played celebration
0: yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah so would you would you is it safe to say that's your biggest song because you guys all got a lot of hits but that celebration like i remember going to like my kids uh school when they was young and when they used to get out they used to play celebration like when they let them out for school well, that like, is. that's how big that song was. Like, they used to actually play that song for the little kids on the playground when they were releasing them from school.
1: Well, it's still strong today, man. Over, yeah, 40 yeah. you know, something years. Uh, it was just inducted into the Library of Congress, you know. It's a song that, um, you can't reproduce. Celebrate, no doubt. We had a song called Let's Have a Good Time, Good Time, no. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good try. But Close but no oh. cigar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So look, you you guys release a lot of like the, the and, and this is the thing that you know trips me out about you guys because as successful as you guys were in the 70s, the 80s was even better. The 80s was even better. I mean, you guys released Take My Heart, you can have it, stepping out, get down on it. Uh, big fun, cherish. I mean, what was that run like? Like that, did you guys feel like we're getting a second win? You know, like what was it like during that 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 period? Because a lot of bands were downsizing, and you guys still had pretty much the same guys intact for the most part, and was still pumping out the hits. So, talk about that a little bit. Well,
1: the fact that we had a lead singer. And uh, we started writing songs that uh, we have someone that can do the leads on each song. And we uh, uh, continued to develop the concept of some of the songs that you're talking about, like Joanna, Joanna was one of, one of the most played songs when they came out for the year. I love that I one. People say, oh man, they done went all the way pop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing for the 70s. Joanna
0: <laughs> and Cherish. I'm not gonna lie. When I, I'm not gonna lie. Cherish. They played that song to death. When that song, I, I mean, you could not go anywhere in DC without hearing Cherish. But now that I think back, that's one of my favorite Cool in the Gang songs. Well, Cherish. Cherish. I love Cherish. I'm not gonna well, lie. I didn't like it. Didn't like it so much when it came out. But now I think that's in my top five of all time, which is saying a lot because again when i'm looking at the, you know the hits that you guys released man i mean whew, it's 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 you guys are you guys are legends you know
1: well we were in Saint thomas uh we started recording uh that album
0: and uh okay.
1: and my family's down there and everybody was uh having a good time with our families
0: i just came i, I literally just came back from saint thomas like a month ago
1: oh okay so yeah. my, my brother and uh and jt and of course the rest of us we came up with this uh, title and concept called Cherish the love because we had turned our career around we had our families there and we were cherishing the love and that's how that wow. song came up and we didn't know that that song was going to become such a great song for weddings and
0: etc no doubt no doubt yeah yeah now you know you guys end up uh releasing like i said a, a plethora of great albums in the 80s but you guys stayed intact you know like i said when a lot of bands start downsizing i'm pretty sure you guys noticed that but you know wouldn't get made you guys to continue to to forge on to continue to uh remain together and not do what a lot of the the other bands were doing
1: well we wanted to stay together our parents always told us back in 1964 when we started uh, whatever you do stay together right as a family Mm-hmm. You know, of course, my brother was in band with me, and he had George Browns, and it's all all the guys. You know, our mothers were very supportive, and uh, that's why we uh, continued uh, to keep moving, doing good times and the bad times. No doubt, no doubt. You when know, my good brother JT left, you know, then uh, the people were saying, oh, "What are they going to do now? Nah. <laughs>
0: the lead singer just left." <laughs> Now what? Now you know, and not to go into too details. I don't want to, you know, cause any controversy. But I noticed, like when you guys released um, that last project of uh, forever, you guys had three top ten hits, and then he left. So I mean, what? What? It seemed like this thing could have just continued. Not saying that it did not continue, but I'm just talking about that. I mean that that run that you guys had—it seemed like that could have lasted forever. So, you know, um, if, if you don't mind uh, talking about that a little bit, what, what led to the departure of JT?
1: Well, I mean, uh, JT wanted to do some things on his own, and he had some uh, problems with management at the time. And I told JT, "Okay, you can do that, but you can still stay in the band, right? And do solo projects like Phil Collins did with Genesis." Bill mm-hmm. so Collins did not leave Genesis, right? He went on to
0: his own his own thing. Even Michael Jackson, he stayed with the, the, yeah. the Jacksons. But
1: one thing led to another, so he decided, you know, he wanted to leave. But he came back in 1995, and we did another album called State of Affairs. Mm, that's a that's a good one too. I like that. project. Yeah. And things were happening, and then in 1999.
0: I guess you know, like
1: Prince It, 1999.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> now now Skip uh Skip Martin ended up joining you guys right after uh JT.
1: Yeah, we had Skip Martin.
0: From um, from the Dazz Band. Yeah. That's I just I interviewed him last year. Oh yeah? Yeah.
1: Yeah we had Skip Martin, Odine Mays, hey. Sean McQuilla, who's still with me. Okay. You know. So we had to keep moving, man. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh on this song survive. you know, our parents said, stay together,
0: right. don't give up. no doubt. No That's doubt. What we did, even yeah. up until today. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So look, let's fast forward to what you guys have uh going on now. You know, um, like uh again, you just recently lost your brother, um, you know, and I said my condolences. just recently lost uh Ronald. Uh prior to that you lost uh you lost your wife. And um so talk about that a little bit as far as like, you know, continuing to continue to, um, you know, keep this legacy alive, you know, how how difficult has that been?
1: Well, um, again, after that, uh, we came out with uh, a couple of singles, uh, uh, Sexy. And my son got involved with uh, Walter Anderson with uh, Royalty and, uh, we have a new album coming out now in August called, uh uh, 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 what is that, Tony? Yeah, help me on that one. Yeah. But the single is going to be Pursuit of Happiness. Okay. And the concept is World Peace. Mm. And the album, it's called, uh, uh Perfect, Union. Perfect Union. Okay. Perfect Union is the uh, album coming out in August.
0: Yeah, man. One thing I love about you guys, like even even though, um, you know, the later albums wasn't the smashes that they were early. The music was still really, really good. The music, man, you guys never miss, you know, as far as the music. So, you know, t- t- talk a little bit about that. Like what inspires you to continue to just, you know, to to, to give it your all after what are we talking, 50 plus years in the industry? Yes, yes.
1: But the, well, the music uh, is our message. Uh, we always wanted to make sure that uh, the tracks are strong. That was one of the things that my brother was uh, on top of in terms of music and horn lines. And... Then uh, some of the other uh, members of the group, Charles Smith, Helvet Hell of the Guitars, Ricky West, uh, Robert Spike Mickens, you know, uh, in the early days, and then, look, uh, People like who's with us now, like Curtis Williams, LB keyboard player, okay. uh, and uh, we had Clifford Adams, the late mm-hmm. Clifford Adams, uh, Michael Ray. Um, it was very important to keep the sound and the integrity of the music.
0: Uh, okay. Yes. What do you th- there, What do you What do you think about a lot of the current music today? You know, because of, you know you don't hear of bands. You know musicians as much; they're not at the forefront um, as they once were, and and it's been like that for a while now. So, what's your take on the, uh, the the current music of today?
1: Well, it's kind of what can I say? Um, if you go back uh, to the sixties uh, and the seventies, you know you have that that influence there. People like Usher and uh, some of the uh, young singers. You know, still hear that uh, R&B thing, but I have to take my hat off to uh, Bruno Mars I, I, because he's bringing in bringing it back the old funk the new funk, especially
0: that song, his latest thing, that Silk Sonic, yeah, I,
1: I hear, I, yeah. Uh, I, I hear uh,
0: Blue Magic,
1: uh, <laughs> Blue Magic, he <laughs> went yeah. back to the doo wop of the wop pop, yeah. He's killing, he's, he's killing
0: it he's killing it he's killing he comes matter of fact he comes here uh in, in to the dc area on august the 4th and i'm i'm going to see him this is gonna be my first time going to see him
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah Definitely. Right. you guys should be you i can see him doing something with you guys too because i remember you guys work with some uh um you guys have worked with like you know uh current artists before like i remember um which project it was i believe it was the uh ah this was a real good project oh man i believe it was there we go the still cool project i love i love love that one you guys work with some current like you know some current artists on that one and and you guys sound you you guys were able to you know continue to uh you know maintain your sound but still sound fresh at the same time so talk about that a little bit you know
1: yeah you know um I was doing an interview uh, yesterday and they spoke about that, I didn't know. They said, this guy, he's had the uh, information together. And he was saying, he had about 30 different people been in your band. I said, what? 30. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> we have had a lot of guys come in and out of the band. Like you, <laughs> listen, you mentioned uh, Skip Martin, Nodine Bates, uh, a lot of other musicians about, but, the main thing was that we are a band first. No doubt. We started as a band and we're still a band. Now, the way I look at it, we're a band who has singers, not a band who has a lead singer. Mm. You see? And that's where we are today. Even okay. with Walter Anderson, he plays drums, he plays keyboards, and he will be singing doing a lot of the on a, a new album coming out you know
0: a uh, perfect union okay now when when is this new album supposed to be uh, a drop august
1: august and the single comes out uh next month
0: okay so it's pretty much it's pretty much wrapped up pretty much done oh yeah it's done, it's a done okay. so talk about like i said i mentioned you know um you know your, your wife recently passed and you 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 have a foundation that was uh, associated with her. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, the, the foundation that was associated with, with, with your wife.
1: Yeah, it was the Cool Kids Foundation, and
0: uh, her, her thing was to, to have music
1: in the schools to bring music back into the schools. And uh, so um, I, I did a project um, several years ago called "It's Cool mm. in the School," and it was backed by uh, uh, Cherry Coke. Coca-Cola, Cherry Coke, and uh, we did 48 cities, and wow. we went into one city, Oklahoma City, and uh, these four guys, because uh, we, we would do meet and greets. To make sure. Those kids that were doing well in school got a chance to meet, a meet and okay. greet before the concert. So they said, yeah, we're doing great in school and everything, but we like to sing a little song for you. So they did three uh, acapella. So my uh, my uh, uh, cousin the manager and his brother, he said, wow, these guys sound good. So we sent them to New York. And that group became Color Me Bad. We created I Wanna Sex You Up. It was in the new Jack Swing movie, you know. Oh, of course. So, um,
0: <laughs> ho- ho- it- I want to i have that i i, I have that i, I want to reach and grab i can't reach it but i literally have that album right there i literally have that album right there
1: like that's all about down. the whole um cool kids foundation uh, we're doing a golf island coming up uh on the 13th uh in new jersey uh, mm-hmm. uh, we're raising funds for the cool kids foundation okay. and uh we want to continue the the push you know, her idea and her concept you know with the cool kids foundation
0: that's beautiful that's beautiful now let's talk about this wine a little bit, you know you guys you, you know you you also have a wine coming out, you have a cologne coming out, but this wine, I'm seeing you you guys really been pushing this thing. so talk about you know um coming up with this this idea who's whose idea what it was for for cool to get in the wine game.
1: <laughs> well, a couple of years ago, maybe three years now, I was uh doing a tour in France. And a promoter said, listen, uh, uh, we're doing a, a champagne with um, the late Barry White, and a very white look-alike. And he said, we're also doing something with one of the Bee Gees. and would you like to also uh, do a, a, a champagne? I said, well, I don't know if my fans, because we had 20 shows in front of mm. us I said, I don't know if my fans um would want to have a bottle of champagne after a concert they probably would want to have a t-shirt cash and all those things okay i said but what i want to do i would like to get on the shelves and they said oh i said yeah i want to get on the shelves <laughs> so we ended up cutting a deal with the virtual family up in the Rims, which is Champagne Country, you know, uh, they controlled the name Champagne, mm-hmm. and I said I want to call it Le because I wanted to have like a, a French vibe to it, right. coming out of the uh, Champagne Country, mm-hmm. and so that's what we put together, Le Cool Champagne, and I wanted to break it in Europe first, then bring it to America, like that, okay. I guess, huh?
0: <laughs> that's, that's so, amazing that's amazing
1: and, and so uh that's what we did and of course you know COVID hit and slowed things up but we, we you know we're on a roll now because not like the record business in the champagne business mm-hmm. you have to deal with each state you have to have the proper paperwork the proper compliances and that's what we're doing that right now we have New York New Jersey uh we have uh Georgia now we have okay. Florida uh, California, and we just got Ohio and Kentucky, mm. and uh,
0: we also- I got to get my I got to get my bottle. I got I got I got I got to I got to find my way to one of these 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 areas to get my you know make sure I get a bottle because I'm I'm pretty sure anything that's stamped with your name on it, uh, it it's official.
1: But now also we saw off with the grand crew, which is uh, uh, only 14 grades make. Uh, make it to be a grand crew, Ooh. and we were blessed. Uh, to have the grand crew, okay? Now we have the rose. Ooh. The ladies like the rose, <laughs> yeah. And our rose just arrived about a month ago, so it's really a ladies' night for real. Hey, I hey. know that's right,
0: <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah, go out and get your rose, yeah. Oh, by the way. Show that thing on the screen. Come nice. on, hold, hold that
1: up. Hold up. Oh, you go this way. <laughs> there we
0: go. Right there. There we go.
1: This is our rose.
0: Okay. And uh,
1: we also have a Blanc de Blanc, which mm. is out this summer. So, you know, it's a new new game. I know you got Jay Z and Diddy and uh, Snoop. And right, right. All these guys doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah, but uh uh but like I have to say one thing. Uh when you're celebrating when they pouring Dom Perion and yes, Dom Renard and vertically Cole and Chris Style, what song were they playing? Celebrate
0: this celebration. Family. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one more time, yes. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. There so, we go. <laughs> oh, there go.
1: Pouring and like cool champagne
0: yeah yeah so so again that was,
1: that was the whole concept that was the, that was a concept for
0: the cool champagne is is this is this a, is it going to be available like online because you know the whole the wine oh, game yeah. is, is, is totally oh, yeah. different
1: um uh lecoolchampagne.com
0: you go okay
1: lecoolchampagne.com
0: yeah no doubt no doubt Yeah, online as well so we got new music we got wine i mean brother you stay busy you stay busy. I, I, it's amazing how, you know, for you to been in the game this this, this long. You look well by the, You look you look amazing by the way. But for you to have this energy to just keep.
1: Hey man, I'm hanging out for old man. Been over seventy years, man. Back <laughs> in <laughs> 1964. But th- thank
0: you, man. Hey, I'm just saying, you know, you, you, hey, I, I hope when I get to that to that point, I hope I have at least one-fourth yeah. the energy that you have. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what, um, with the whole uh, pandemic thing, and, you know, uh, we've been off the road for a year and a half, and um, we only did four shows. But uh, this gave me uh, uh, some time alone, my cousin Tony over here, to get into the whole social media thing. Because I'm old school, man. <laughs> but when uh, uh uh angelo i gotta give him a shout out shout out angelo you start putting us putting these social media things together i said man you gotta do three or four four uh, uh zooms i said what zoom you talking about the Commodores record <laughs> <laughs>
0: zoom, what? hey but, but, but look but look hey, <laughs> hey Robert, but look it's better if you look at it like this. It's better than actually having to go to the radio station, You're go here that? and go here and go. You know, all over. You can just zoom this point. You know, this yard, this zoom. So
1: I'm not mad at it. <laughs> yeah, we sit here in the OTC. And we talk to the world. There you go. So uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, but it's, it's been good, and uh, matter of fact, it's been so good. I'm kind of tired of going back on the road.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I'm trying to do it. Hey, look, everything that you have been, you know, the past 20 plus years is just icing on a cake. You guys were solidified 30 years ago. If you, if you, if you, if we want to, and if we want to be technical, if you guys would have just stopped in 1979, you guys would have been on, you know, you guys are legends. So, so, you know, knowing you know the output that you guys have have um the contribution that you guys have given to the music industry what are some of your most proud moments what do you you know what uh what do you want to be remembered you know after everything is said and done
1: well you know uh music has always been our message uh we have had songs like who's gonna take the weight songs like love and understanding mm. uh, we played uh and, and Kenya for a half a million people. Jeez, uh, for, for AIDS awareness. And the, and the hook was no glove, no love. So, you mm-hmm. young people, we can't tell you what to do, but protect yourself. No doubt. We drew one half, 500,000 people in front of the Ministry of Health. Wow. Now, that was a great accomplishment. Of course, we had played with uh, Elton John. We did 48 shows for Van Halen. We did 10 shows with Kid Rock. Uh, We, uh, when Sammy David Jr. was alive and he hosted Johnny Carson. We did all of that. I mean, but uh, we're still here.
0: Still here, and recently, you know, 2015, you guys finally get your star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And we all, that was on my birthday too. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, that was October 8th. And now we were inducted into the Library of Congress
0: now now they need to stop playing and hurry me get y'all up in that rock and roll hall of fame because i don't understand That's what's going on that we don't have i don't understand that one because i'm li- i don't Go ahead. I'm, I'm looking at your catalog and this is ridiculous every single album it's like all you guys do is just release top 10 hits on the r&b pot like i mean this run especially considering a, um when you think of a lot of the great bands I don't like to call you guys a group. You guys are a band, musicians, great musicians. You guys are one of the greatest rhythm and blues bands of all times. So I, I I don't understand this. So when, how we go fix this? When we go get this, Get this? what do I need to do? Well,
1: <laughs> maybe at 2022, when they know what to do, because we have done what we've done, and we continue to do it. I just yeah. came back, for, uh, my cousin and I from Zimbabwe. Right. We're doing something for Muhammad Ali's memorial mm. in Zimbabwe. Now, I've been all through Africa, but never to, never to Zimbabwe. Mm. And we're doing the thing, called that Zim is cool. And uh, the uh, African Liberation Museum wow. is going up. And mm. we're, we're up part of that. Wow. That's wow. And I reckon. Pursuit of Happiness is already number one. That's what I'm I talking about. Been a group outside of Zimbabwe to get a number one record in Zimbabwe. It was mm. sent, of course, to late Bob Marley because he was right. a part of the revolution, Right. okay? But uh, so, and I'm partners with Dusty Bacon and I'm hoping that the Houston Astros
0: all to the World Series. Oh, you mean the, the, the manager, Dusty Baker? That's my partner.
1: Wow, and,
0: I had and no idea.
1: Cool uh, uh, Baker Energy for Africa. And the rest of the world, too. But our focus right now is Africa.
0: No doubt. What's the reception like in Even
1: Africa? it no. oh, has been great, man. Yeah. I mean, um, we were up in uh, uh, Victoria Falls, it's one of the mm. seventh wonders of the world. Wow. Uh, and we're gonna be doing a desti- uh, point of destination. And we call it celebration. Zim, mm. up in Victoria Falls, and yeah. the, and then Harari.
0: No doubt, well look cool. Oh my goodness, this has been an honor, a pleasure and a dream of mine. And on behalf of Bridging the Generation podcast, on behalf of the culture, Thank you for all of your contribu- contributions uh, to the recorded industry, and you know I wish nothing but success, uh, more, more success. And I know everything that you put your name on, everything that you put your hands on, is going to come out to be something of, of great worth. So thank you again, brother. Thank you well, so much. Thank
1: you, thank you, uh, thank you. And uh, I have to always thank my fans, uh, supporting crew in the game. I mean to be around for over 50 years. Hmm. Some groups can't be together for 50 days. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, I mean, in getting away, man.
0: <laughs> think, think, think back. Did you ever think that it would last this long, though, like like when you guys started? It's, it's, it's
1: been a hell of a ride, and we thank God that we're still around. Um, you know, like you said, uh, one of your favorite songs was High Plains. Oh, yeah. We've been down too long. Getting down too strong. We got to keep on lifting, lifting you on up to higher planes of love, understanding, and world peace.
0: Oh yeah! Yeah. I'm I'm gonna exit with that. (laughs) Hey, hey! I can't, I I can't top that right there. So look (laughs) again. We got the one and only, the legend himself, Robert Cool Bell. Thank you again, brother. We love you. Not going to hold you any longer. You take care and have a good night, brother.
1: And thanks for having
0: us. No doubt. No doubt. You take care, Mr. Bear.
1: You too, man.